Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Bible Bitches. We're so glad Hi. you're here. Yeah, we got Laura Barclay here. She what is up? a most beloved Baptist minister from Louisville, Kentucky. Don't be fooled. She's not one of those Baptist ministers. She's Thank a delight. You. She is oh, a delight. Oh, well, that's precious. I like that. <laughs> and over there in Los Angeles, we got a one Sarah Hoff, who's, you know, dabbling in magic and mystery um, as she's wont to do. And she is our resident agnostic asking, asking the questions, what and why and huh? And also how <laughs> and and mostly just but really are we sure about that which are let's be honest extremely important questions to ask yeah you oh, know what Ag- agree to agree agreed and we're excited to have you audience back for our marvel part two gods and monsters Yes, it is every bit as epic as it sounds. <laughs> and we are um, first going to recap the last episode. If you have not listened to part one, please go back and listen to it. Um, essentially, we talk about the um, Odinson family, which um, is Odin, Frigga, Thor, and Loki. And then we find out later about Hela. Um, and how their family structure exhibits some very relatable dysfunction. Um, and then uh, we, we kind of process that family system and then how it relates to our family systems, um, the kind of the larger R, O-U-R. And then we kind of talk about how does that compare to our Judeo-Christian context? O-U-R, not the R. It's not a pirate. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> is it pirate day yet? I've never, I can never remember when that is. I don't know. I didn't know that was a thing. Every day is pirate day for Sarah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, anything more you want to add to that recap? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think I'm good. Yeah, you done good. Thanks. Yeah. <clears throat> so at the end of the last episode, you know, we brought up some pretty tough questions like why Christianity refuses to analyze their own God while at the same time turning a critical eye to other religions and mythologies and why do other mythologies gods seem to be more human than christianity i'm not gonna lie sarah when you started out you were just gonna say why christianity <laughs> that's fair yeah i think that's i think that's always just a good question to ask it's just a good question it's a great it's a great question to be honest um okay so in the last episode i was making the point that the mcu gods um from norse mythology from asgard like odin frigga thor and loki um they seem relatable and familiar right the they're archetypes um you've got the archetype of an angry distant father with odin the loving nurturing mother with frigga an older sibling with responsibility trying to live up to his name with thor and the younger troublemaking sibling with loki they are dysfunctional on a grand scale but it's relatable dysfunction like this family dysfunction in a way that the judeo christian god really isn't so they're the kardashians keeping up with the Odinsons. 
<laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Like you can't look at the Lord or you die. You can't approach him except through purification and strict codes. And in the Hebrew Bible or Old Testament, women and people of disabilities aren't eligible for priesthood. In the New Testament, you have a son of God who is both a virgin, but also part of, but distinct from God the Father. And you have this Holy Spirit that is ethereal. Like, I don't, is it wind? Is it wisdom? Is it a ghost? Whatever it is, it's part of this Trinity, but a distinct unit. Yeah. So since I asked the critical question, I'll also launch a wee defense for the Judeo Christian God. Louis Feuerbach, German anthropologist, philosopher, and atheist who influenced later thinkers like Charles Darwin, Friedrich Nietzsche, and Karl Marx, to name a few argued that God was a human invention, a spiritual device that helps us cope with our hopes and fears. I would argue that God seems both totally other in the Hebrew Bible and only slightly more relatable in the New Testament if we are comparing to other gods. If we're looking more for something familiar and easy, Norse gods by way of the MCU fit that bill far more as an invention than the Judeo-Christian God. So can we, can we just, for a second, if, you know, this, so you say God was a human invention, a spiritual device, would you, do you think it affects how you worship God or with what kind of fervor you worship God, assuming that that's what you truly believe? that that god is what distant or that god is a that god is uh, a spirit like just a, a spiritual device to help us cope with our hopes and fears yeah that it's like a human construct invention yeah yeah i do i do i do kind of think that that would probably affect um the fervor with which you would would in, uh, engage in worship do you think that would change anything else about your life Wait, are you, are you asking for me specifically or are you asking? Oh, okay. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that you can, I don't know if you would feel comfortable even, but I don't think you can like properly talk to other people's experience. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let me guess. The average Christian. Um, for me, I don't, I don't know that it would change much. Um, and I, I think that's because I really, um, like, sort of the idea of Ecclesiastes where it's like, yeah, I'd really like, I'd really follow all this, even if it turns out not to be true. Um, I, you know, I feel like if, I mean, overly simplistically, I'm, I'm going to boil my spirituality down to, you know, loving, you know, the greatest commandment, right. I love others um, as I love myself and try to love God. And I think that that's reflected in a lot of other religions, but this is my context. And so if I found out that it wasn't true or that God didn't exist, if I was able to find out that it was just a human construct, then no, I don't think it, I mean, I don't think that would change my life a whole lot because that's, I don't don't regret, I I wouldn't change how I live my life, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me because like your morality isn't rooted in the threat of possible retribution. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not doing this because I'm afraid of hell or 
Right. I would argue that probably earlier on in life, I was afraid of, I mean, I know I was afraid of hell earlier on in life coming right. <laughs> as, a, as an ex Southern Baptist, right? We all were. Um, but no, I feel like now I just, um, the aspects of Christianity that I follow or um, observe are because I just, I like it, you know? Um, and I feel like it helps me to engage in community um, and a, a certain value system that I adhere to. So I don't, th- I, yeah, I don't think a whole lot would change. I think, I think if it did for the, like, let's say my church, the church that I'm a part of it somehow, I, I think a lot of them would say that it wouldn't change much either, but if it happened to, I would still keep up with the same people that are in the community. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, so I guess I'm, I'm trying to like circle back to that first question of like, why do Christians refuse to um, analyze their own godhood? when they're so apt to do it for others. And mm-hmm. my knee-jerk reaction to that question is that they don't want to do it for themselves because their God is real and these other gods are mythologies. They're, they are just stories. And I don't know if, I, I don't think that's doing a great service to the way that they view their godhood. Oh yeah, I completely agree with that. I 100% agree with that. But then also, if that isn't the most important thing for their godhood, and therefore they can perhaps analyze it in a way that they would other gods or other mythologies or other belief systems, whatever, then what sets them apart? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's. I want to go back to your first comment about how I think you're completely right. I think that when I, I mean, it's okay if you don't think I'm completely right. <laughs> no, but I do. I actually really do. I think your first, your first, the first thing you asked me was, would it affect the fervor? For me, it wouldn't. I think for a lot of Christians, like evangelicals, it would. I was kind of trying to answer writ large. I think for a lot of evangelicals, it would, um, but for me, it wouldn't. Um, for the, the second bit that you talked about, which was Christians do not turn the same, I guess, level of, uh, lens of viewing their religion as a myth that can sort of be deconstructed and talked about and, and critiqued in the same way that they do for say the Norse myth or the Greek myths, you know, Roman myths. Um, I think. I think it would be far more fascinating if we did. And I think you see that more in the progressive community because, you know, we embrace historical criticism and things like that, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure that we do on the same level as like a Norse or Greek or Roman gods. I also don't know because those aren't, I'm caveating this because Norse religion is starting to make a comeback. Um, But for, (laughs) <laughs> yeah don't don't call it a comeback um but no no I'm in I think yeah. it would be hilarious if that I would I, no they actually I think the, um there was a story a couple years back that there was the first um Norse pagan wedding that took place in like a millennia 
um, in, uh, it was either Iceland or Norway or something like that. And I think that's cool. Like I would want to see it. Um, but I, yeah, I could actually see, um, spoiler alert for an upcoming episode that we're going to do on like the decline of Christianity in the United States. But with that comes a, um, like it doesn't hold the same weight. And so then you can have a lot of fun with it. And then, yeah, it makes sense. You can be like, yeah, I want to believe in Thor. That's amazing. I'll right. I'm down, you know? So like, do the people, I, and I don't know that a lot of the people that are following these traditions actually, like the, with the Norse, right. like bringing it back. I'm not sure that they actually believe it as much as they think it's fun. I don't know. I like, I'm totally, that's projection. I have no idea. Well, um, I mean, that's like the church of Satan, right? Is like, it was. They don't believe in Satan. Yeah. They, yeah they don't believe in satan there it's all a, like a it's all like a statement about the christian church so like they pay taxes you know they do the like yeah. proper community service thing right well on my to-do list is i know that there is an active um i think it's a, a like a, a church i don't i don't even know if that's what they call it to like um odin or thor in iceland and i actually really want to attend um iceland is on my to-do list um and just attend so that i can see like what is what is the service like um i think that would be like really neat to see um but also um i think that in some ways the way that we and this is even larger outside of the christian context view norse um roman greek mythology is different than we what we view active religions and I, again, I'm caveating Norse because it's making a comeback, but how we view active religions, like we, I don't think we would view, I would hope not. And this is probably, I'm going to, I'm, I'm only speaking for a, pro, being a progressive Christian, I would not um, view Islam, for example, or um, Judaism um, or Buddhism through the same lens that I would Roman mythology, because it's still an active ongoing religion. And what about Scientology? Well, cults are different. <laughs> well, I mean, but like, yeah. come on, like every cult is a cult until it gets like, I don't know, enough members and financing. <laughs> and like, if LA is to be believed, it's mm -hmm. like, it's everywhere out here, it's here everywhere. in Clearwater, Florida. I don't, I mean, I can't, I can't speak to that. Was maybe Christianity was a cult in the beginning. Maybe it was, um, because it started out super teeny and maybe you had to have a like secret word to get it. I don't know. Um, we can only, we can only know from what we read in very few, uh, verifiable historical contexts like Josephus, um, that are outside of the church and then like the gospel writings, right. Which would make it sound like everyone's invited. Anybody can come. Like, well, I mean, come on, come on down. Well, I mean, like, yeah, that's absolutely part of, I mean, I can't say every, but I think a lot of religions start out as cults because there are the same kind of basic tenets, mm -hmm. but then it kind of, it's like, and this is a general, like broad yeah. sweeping, but it. Uh, it, then it goes like, do we want to become financially stable or do we want to just become a sex cult? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and those that become financially stable are the ones who stick around and eventually become religions. That's great. I love that. <laughs> it's, like, it's just a matter of like, is it like, is the brain or the dick going to decide? Sarah's theory of cults. I like this. <laughs> 
so good. Um, but but I do think I do I do think that it's easier to look through a mythological like uh, to call it just a myth, right? Whenever it's uh, which I again myths are powerful, right? Because they 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 speak truth to a larger context. But it's easier to be critical of something when it's not active any longer. Um, well, and also, I mean, sorry, keep keep going. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, I was just going to say that I think that there are some valuable lessons to learn from the lens that we turn on myths, right? Right, And like, that's partially that we can read the poetic edas of Norse mythology and read those for, through a historical critical lens and ask questions of what was going on in that community when this is written. Is this factual or is this speaking to some sort of um, larger sociological, mental, you know, emotional truth that's going on versus it being fact? Um, and, and so those are questions that I think we can take and apply to current religion, um, inside our, inside our own context. And that can be very helpful. Mm, I'm going to say yes and no. So a couple of things. One, um, I think a significant reason why, uh, I would say, especially middle America Christians are, have a hard time, um, viewing Christianity through a critical lens is because regardless of what you actually believe it's like ingrained into the culture like it is part of the milieu like you can't you're just like you're just in it um Mm -hmm. and there's a lot like you know I think that's true of American politics and so it affects the entire country and all these things blah, blah 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 but especially in areas where like um like I was looking around Louisville Mm -hmm. and it was just like churches just churches everywhere Mm -hmm. everywhere Mm -hmm. throw a stone hit a church (laughs) um and uh and so even if you aren't religious it's still something that's permeating your whole like thought process right and then and so that is like and so that's going to be true of like religions across the board, right? Like if you grow up in a different kind of, if you grow up in a, like a Muslim religion, mm-hmm. you know, or something mm-hmm. like that, which is totally fine. And then additionally, you know, you were talking about how we understand previous mythologies mm-hmm. and, um, and you mentioned that like, we're not like, what does that really mean for the cultural milieu of the time? And the thing Mm -hmm. is, you're right. Like, we don't know, like what we read is curated for somebody that was then curated for somebody else that was curated for like, and so on and so forth. So we have this like really sanitized, like pared back idea of what it was like. And so I'm sure it was just as messy Mm -hmm. and just as like fraught as you, as it is for any one person who's Mm -hmm. practicing a religion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, I think that it is hard to say, like, I don't know, I was thinking of that metaphor, you know, um, one fish says to another, like, how's the water? And then the fish says, what's water, right? Like, this is, it's kind of, it's kind of like that in America with Christianity, because it's so baked in, in the same way that like, uh, that would be true for a predominantly for a Muslim in a predominantly, you know, Islamic country. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, I do think that in terms of asking questions um, and trying to be somewhat critical and, and promote a culture of questioning, 
um, there is a roadmap there for our our Jewish friends um, that 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 is a, a hallmark of their faith is to question from from our Jewish friends. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, you said for no from oh sorry from our Jewish friends is to like ask questions like that's part of the faith is to question um, and it's and questioning is seen as holy and that for for the first you know significant part of my life first two decades of my life that wasn't the case um it was seen as don't don't you don't you question the bible don't you question god um and you know my ever since i went to divinity school and found a progressive church that hasn't been the case it's been every question's on the table let's ask it and that seems way it seems way more conducive to an ethical outcome in terms of how one practices their religion is can, can they handle critique of it both inside and outside of their, from their context. Okay. Yes. And I agree. Like, I think that there are a lot of, you know, a lot of these, like, don't ask the questions, Mm -hmm. um, come from a place of fear. Yeah. Um, you're right. Like if you ask the question, like if you're going to pull on that thread, you might unravel the whole sweater. Yes. Kind of a situation. Um, and then like going back to what you're saying about how, like, if you, if you didn't believe it wouldn't necessarily change so much about your lifestyle, um, which is like a big question mark for, I think a lot of people, right. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it all makes me wonder, like, if we took the fear out of it, Mm -hmm. the cultural milieu would change. Mm -hmm. And then would that change your belief in God? Would it change my belief in God or would it change other people's belief in God? I mean, both. Yes. I mean, I think it would definitely change other people's belief in God. I think it would, you know, either people would like, some people are going to like buckle down and mm-hmm. other people are going to be like, so long, suck down. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, there, I don't feel any fear in my church because we don't really talk about health. Um, <laughs> so I don't, I'm not really, I think there, I think if you ask different people in our church, they would give you a ton of different opinions about hell. Like, does it exist? Does it not exist? Um, does who goes there? Uh, is it a permanent place or like, you know, a, a temporary place, you know, is it physical or perceived or are we in hell right now? Like, I think everybody would give you a different answer. Um, so I don't think that it would do anything for my context. Um, but if you're asking if we took the fear out of it for the larger context, I know that if I didn't experience fear growing up around hell, it would have completely changed my context because I remember being I, like, there were times when I, I, I distinctly remember like yelling for mom because I was worried that Satan was coming for me, um, at night. And she was like, Satan's not going to get you. What? Like, cause my, my mom was never like talked about hell. Um, but it was in the church and, um, and I felt very, def- I, it, because there was such a pressure to believe or go to hell 
and convert others or they'll go to hell. I would always, I was always very defensive about my religion and like trying to like subtly get other people to like, you know, subtly evangelize, I guess. Um, and then I felt very guilty on the inside if they didn't convert, like it was my responsibility, um, that they wouldn't, you know, it, like it, I would be the cause if they ended up going to hell, it was my fault. And that's a lot to sit with. But if you take all that away and saying, I don't know if hell exists or not, but that is up to everybody's that I, I don't know if it exists or not. I don't particularly want to follow a God that sends people willy nilly to hell. Um, and none of the stuff that happens on a grand scale is up to me. I can only speak to the context of things that are on this earth and what I can see that is an injustice in front of me. And I can only love the person in front of me or try to find injustice when I see it. And that is, that seems way more tangible to me than, so if we took hell out of it, if we took the fear out of it, then I think it would change everything. And I, I don't know if we would lose a lot of Christians and I'd be fine with that because in my book, if you are only a Christian because you're trying to get to heaven or you're afraid of hell, then like, what are you doing? <laughs> like that's, that's exhausting. And yeah, maybe like I, I totally, if you're hearing this and you're like, but I'm terrified of hell. Like I think Sarah and I have, but I mean, I know Sarah and I have both been in that place. And like, I would just encourage you to like talk to somebody outside of that system about it. Yeah. Not worth it. It's a scary place to be. Yeah. Uh, like uh I know like I don't believe in hell. Right. <laughs> but a thing that kind of like comforts me if this theoretical hell exists yeah. is that uh humans are very adaptable. Mm. And so at some point the pain is just going to become commonplace. <laughs> not true you know what I mean like (laughs) yeah it's gonna like it's gonna suck on both ends like you're not gonna be fulfilled by whatever pleasures heaven can offer you you're not gonna be fulfilled by whatever bored by it yeah yeah you're gonna get bored regardless it's true by the pain bored by the pleasure yeah yeah this is why I like man I really hope for like anything besides that I do not want to exist for eternity I'm a fan. I'm I'm honestly a bit of a fan of reincarnation. Yeah. Well, depending on what I get reincarnated. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> Fair. Um, but yeah, no, I think if I think if you took fear out of it and we lost a lot of Christians, I'd be fine with that because like so what? Like you have a lot less people that are scared. That's and a lot more people willing to maybe maybe do some good in the world. That's fine with me. Uh, that's like, yeah, but also that in of itself is fraught because because individuals have very different ideas of what is quote unquote good for the world, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, maybe maybe religion is in this like very oh like sweeping kind of way is like a great equalizer it's going to make some people better better it's going to make some people worse you know what (laughs) I mean it's like it's just its own bureaucracy 
Um, yeah, I mean, like anybody can be an asshole. Like you don't, you don't need religion to do that. You can, you can hide behind religion and do it. Um, you can not be religious and do it. Um, I think the danger with any organized anything is that you could, you know, like the crusades, you can organize a whole bunch of people under a symbol and do something bad. You can also organize a whole lot of people under a symbol and do something good. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, as we, if everybody has a different idea about what's good, then, I mean, we've, we're already completely in an, in an age of post-modernity. So that already exists. It already exists. It's going to continue to exist and it's going to continue to be questioned and people are going to be in different planes about that. I think like the most important thing in a world where everyone believes something different is that we listen to each other and we listen to each other's stories. And that's what, that's what I think we're getting further and further away from. Wouldn't it be hilarious if what ends up uniting the world is like anger and hatred towards any religion? (laughs) (laughs) That'd be so, but then wouldn't we, wouldn't we kind of be back to where we were in the crusades though? I mean, like, that's kind of cyclical like I mean I I mean I I get yeah okay that's fair I mean I'm just I'm I'm saying in like this kind of like overarching way I mean yeah I guess it would end up coming to violence because that's what humans do yeah (laughs) it's like turn everything to violence um yeah yeah I just I don't know I think what I but like wouldn't it be funny if we came to like world peace in like all in unification against any kind of godhood we like all agree that we're just in this together have you been listening to imagine by john lennon too much (laughs) (laughs) fuck john lennon okay (laughs) fuck him he's abusive as shit you're hearing truth you're hearing truth bombs just saying fuck him he was all like that and then he just hoarded his wealth Anyways, go on. Yeah, that's a whole side quest, but look, look into it, people. Um, I don't, I, I don't think we're, I just think humans are only united for like, I don't know, a couple of weeks at best. And that's whenever a tragedy happens, <laughs> right? I mean, like, or I don't know, maybe, maybe there was unification whenever we sent somebody to the moon. I don't, I don't know. I wasn't there, but there was unification uh, the few times I've seen unification in my life were when something kind of shitty happened, like 9-11 or a pandemic. And then we were all on the same page for a brief amount of time. And then we were not on the same page after that. Uh, and like, I just, I don't know. Like, I would hope, I would hope that we would eventually evolve to become less reactive and more aware. Because I mean, here's the thing is like humans have had a relatively short amount of time in the grand scheme of things to evolve. And maybe one day we evolve to be less reactive and more thoughtful. I don't know, like Vulcans. (laughs) That would be my hope is that we can, we can, you know, maybe engage in a little bit more diplomacy. Um, But I think we're still pretty far away from it. Yeah. From what I've learned is that our ids are not defined. They are not making choices based on diplomacy. <laughs> Just saying. They're making choices based on fear, 
<laughs> and like hope mostly fear yes mostly fear mostly yeah a little bit sprinkle in a little bit of hope I, yeah. I just feel like that means we got to evolve more we got to get more more prefrontal cortex and less amygdala um that's that's how we need to evolve mm. right we should we need to wrap this yeah up. We're bringing it back. Uh, we are going to bring it back all the way back to uh, Norse mythology. Um, I am a big fan of the MCU and the Norse gods and looking at gods in a more human context um, across the board. I think it's way, way cooler if, if religions and mythologies are seen as something that is much more approachable and not static. Um, it's something that is uh, approachable, um, can be discussed, can be critiqued, can be taken out and looked at and shaped and talked about and molded. Let's do it, people. Let's just talk about some shit. Let's ask questions. I'm pro-question. But are you pro-answer? No, that's wrong. Are you pro-satisfying answer? Because I feel like you'll be disappointed. <laughs> I'm pro, I'm, I'm, a, I'm very big on question and response, Sarah, not question and definitive answer. <laughs> Oh, that's so high church of you with your call and responses. Is that high church? I feel like that's middle church. Uh, yeah, it's like, you know, middle church. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I, who has who has answers? People have responses. They don't have answers. Yeah. Yeah. If you think you have a, like an objective answer, then you need to take a good hard look at your whole life. Mm hmm. I like how I'm just like, I'm just like scolding our audience. Right now. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, hear what I hear, what I say, pay no attention to what I do. Sarah says, I say into you, <laughs> get your shit in order, get your shit together, be, be a good role model for me. Yeah, this is, this is. This is Sarah's sermon. <laughs> yes. Anyways. <laughs> yes. Okay. Ooh, ooh, I would like to quote close with a quote from the very lovable Tom Hiddleston who plays Loki and is a total research nerd for the characters he plays. Quote, it's in our nature to want to watch our human frailties played out on a huge epic canvas. Ancient societies had anthropomorphic gods a huge pantheon expanding into centuries of dynastic drama, fathers and sons, star-crossed lovers, warring brothers, martyred heroes, tales that taught us the danger of hubris and the primacy of humility. It's the everyday stuff of every man's life, but it's writ large and we love it. We are so excited to have you listen to this. Um, please follow us on Twitter at Bible Bitches. You can also follow us uh, on Instagram. I think it's at Bible Bitches Podcast. And you can also uh, go to our website, BibleBitchesPodcast.com and uh, access some of our content there, as well as please um, contribute to our Patreon account and become an honorary Bible Bitch. And you can access our website at uh, www.BibleBitches.com. There you'll find our um, Patreon account as well. If you could become an honorary Bible bitch, you can help fund this podcast. Um, we would very much appreciate it. Um, we'd also like to thank at Yo Eves. Um, that's Miss Eves who does our intro and outro music. Um, 
and she's absolutely fabulous. Um, give her a shout out on Twitter at Yoise. Um, yeah, uh, we just thank you all so much for listening and look forward to seeing you next time. Bye.